I'm Greggy Video High, and today I skipped school. It was the start of the weirdest day of my life. But don't just take my word for it. Follow me down. Gentlemen, and all you little cockroaches in between, welcome to New Kalamazoo's Crazy Kazoo Tutu <laughs> Review. Yes, it's the hottest Wednesday night at the Days Inn and Lounge Underground. Ha <laughs> ha, I cracked myself up, but I'm no egg. I'm your host, Harry Bittercress. But don't let the name fool you, I have two lips and a lot of butter jinx, so don't roll away until the flapper fries are done. Ha ha ha. Before we get to the main event, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for coming to see the first roundabout of our new show we call the Danny Elfman Synth Barfathon, <laughs> where we turn on ten corks to different preset songs and blast them in unison. We know you're just going to shovel it up. But hey, who do we have in attendance tonight at this gala opening? Why? It looks like we have the gobbledygooks. Let's have a hand smacking for them. Well, Mrs. Gobble, you're ravishing this roundabout. Thank you very much, Harry. This is the only Zook Baduga I'd bring the little chitlins to. Huh, hear that, folks? This Zook is the Zookiest! You hear that, kids? Your mom is friends with Mr. Bittercrest. She's famous. She might even end up on the Telegoober. Wow, so, so cool. Yes, that's right. At the new Kazoo Kazoo Tutu Review, you two can <laughs> coo with this boo and end up on the goo. <laughs> Let's see what other social quartz diggers are in the audience tonight. Oh, wow. It's surly fascistic Mr. Wampus. I hear you run a tight ratchet down at the flank flanktory. Get out of here, you fart fump! Can't you see I'm trying to make icky icky with my assistant? Mr. <laughs> Wampus. That's not only illegal, but it's also disgusting that you'd abuse your power so. Well, it seems Mr. Wampus doesn't want any further discussion on the matter any further anyway. Ah, so, uh... Who's that? Uh, I spy passive Dr. Morgan Mouse. Mr. Bittercrest, I have nothing interesting to say. I can't even stand up for myself. What's even the point of all of this? Are you asking, why create such a strange and interesting world, its own language, <laughs> a distinctive look, and then fill it with a bunch of nonsense and non-story that simply isn't actually that funny? Uh, sure, I guess. Great question. One that can only be answered by one thing. The sound of ten Korg synthesizers all playing different preset songs at the same time. Now, let's get on to the show. <laughs> An average tubular family, they've pumped along happily for years until... Yes, dear, dinner. But, but you'll never guess who. 
my new boss. My promotion is just around the bend. Oh, Henry, that's wonderful news. After this shift. Oh, honey. Miriam! Honey, we're home! Delightful domicile, Holloway. The day Henry Hollowhead's boss came to dinner, the waste really got ducted through the vent spot. Don't think of me as your husband's boss. Think of me as a very close friend. <laughs> My boss is lying there on our kitchen floor. Do you know what this means? It means I don't get my promotion. He has to okay it. Life on the edge. You've never been anywhere quite like it. It's a different world. Oh, that's true, dear. Now it just sucks by itself. I was deeply concerned Ooh. for a moment that I had fallen asleep again in this movie and had missed <laughs> all of these plot points. <laughs> The fuck are these? <laughs> you may need to go to the doctor. <laughs> How did you fall asleep during this movie? <laughs> Quite easily. <laughs> well, before we continue with the show, let's do a little roll call. Jamie Kennedy. Fun fact. This movie is the result of a garbage pail kid card having a child with the Flintstones and violating every Geneva convention. <laughs> Casey Regan. Jamie, would it be smooth for me to borrow your softening gel? <laughs> I totally gooed up in a bug fart so way. Ectoplasma, this movie got my tunnel so stiffened with their goo goo total tubed up pi pipe farts oh no, he's broken. that I can't make a roundup down the drain hole with my bugger boo unless I... Cocktease Bukaki corn fetish. <laughs> Josh Roth. Meet Henry Hollowhead, his boy Billy, his other boy Brad. Oh, bud. God damn it. <laughs> his other boy Bud, daughter Cindy, Miriam, his wife. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's the, that's the that's <laughs> Wait, you forgot Joker the chicken? <laughs> Wait, was that the chicken's name? And me, Greg Hansen. The tagline and the back of this VHS cover compare this movie to Married with Children, which makes me think that people who watched both of these pieces of media understood neither. <laughs> I'm going to come right out and say it. This is the best goddamn movie we've watched. Yes! This Thank you, Casey! Was I knew I could so rely good. on you. was so viscerally upset by every moment of this movie. Yes. Exactly. Yes. That's why it's this a masterpiece. This was provocative. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this was challenging. I, 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 when I bring up the Garbage Pail Kids, it's because I am scared of the Garbage Pail Kids. And when <laughs> those cards <laughs> were presented to me in my youth, I shuddered and didn't want to get within five feet of them because I was afraid if I touched them, I would get sick. <laughs> and <laughs> I am getting this same feeling. Jamie, I'm so glad this. you're on this podcast <laughs> with us because your fucking childhood was so wild. Yeah. <laughs> Funny you say that. I was pretty turned off to Garbage Pail Kids and things of that. The sort of like yucky pastiche yeah that turn of the 80s into the 90s like desire to be like kitsch gross 
was somehow grosser than actual mm. gross Correct. things. I didn't enjoy it as a kid. Now as an adult, I fucking love it. I fucking I don't something <laughs> something's ha- my tastes have changed where I really got down with the Hollowhead's desire to ick me out. And this movie was like all of these different things that I love put into a blender and then that blender was then dumped in the sink full of grime Uh and muck and it was mixed around in a mucky, grimy sink Uh and then put into like a nice 1950s jello mold that was then put into the garbage and it came out of the garbage that was put on a plate Mm. and I liked it. I'm going to need a trigger warning on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) it, It is funny that this didn't seem to do a lot in culture like yeah. oh, yeah. people didn't like this this isn't a, this isn't a movie on the tip of 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 the cultural tongue because this is basically what Ren and Stimpy did like 4 years later yeah, yeah it's yeah. not another out- show i could not watch oh <laughs> uh, that, that checks out i loved ren and stimpy i loved the nickelodeon like all kinds of weird Gackin' gooey slime stuff and the discordant animation. And I also loved, like, Brazil. So this, like, weird kind of 1950s pastiche put through the lens of, like, late 80s, early 90s grime muck was the perfect weirdness for me. Yeah, I was going to say, this is David Cronenberg's Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Oh, yes, yeah. Throw Pee-wee in there. Yeah, and for that reason, I respect what it's doing, and I see what it's doing, and I think it does it very well. It's just everything. I can't watch. I can. And he also, you know what? And the and the composer also did music yes. for Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yep. Yes, yep. I saw that. So, like, two things that I genuinely love. I actually really liked the music. First and foremost, I guess before we go anywhere, Jamie, what what what's with it? What's 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 up? Are these I, goos getting you down? The goos are getting me down. And, and I say tentacles. this. And I say Jamie's this. Jamie's got the goos. <laughs> the goos. And I say this is maybe the only person on this podcast who was officially Nickelodeon slimed in my youth. Oh, oh no, no. Hell, hell goddamn no. I was slimed. You why would you assume? Why the fuck would you assume Half that I wasn't slimed? Was slimed? Because I thought I was yeah, special. Why, why? <laughs> I wasn't slimed? Yeah. I did you go slimed. to did you go to Universal Studios? I did in, yes. in, in, in Universal Studios. Orlando, I went Florida. multiple times yeah. and I was never slimed. Well, yeah. I guess you didn't put, shoot your hand up fast enough, you little jerk. <laughs> oh, I was a slow hand shooter. I guess I'm lying a little bit. I wasn't slimed. I ate the slime. They, they brought me up to okay. eat the slime. Whoa, and, whoa, whoa. And story oh, that's not being shaved. slimed? No, I know. I, I, got, I got confused. So, so I, wait a minute. You just jumped down Josh's throat. Yes, of course. As, <laughs> if, as, if, as if you had like Yes, I did. Sure as, fucking did. You're telling this story about being slimed as if you had like. I, I lived. I, I the, the slime was a part of me. down. You know, Summer Sanders was there. Welcome, young Greg. The, the secret slime. Yeah, she kissed me right on the mouth yeah, after the I ate the slime. the slime challenge was being Greg Hansen or something. You know what? What? The secret slime challenge of this episode is being a perfidious lying friend. That's what it is. <laughs> You'd be slimed finally, Greg, for the first time. Because the truth was that you had to that you had to run your port, Josh. Josh, honey, I'll handle this. I'll handle this. <laughs> Get a juice box, okay? The, what you had to do to poor Josh, you had to look big. You had to make him feel 
small when the truth was you didn't get slimed. You were just some weird little kid who ran down after the sliming, scooped some slime up in your hands, and sucked it up like some disgusting hollow head. <laughs> no, you Casey, weren't slimed. Casey, how dare you? I not only ate the slime and it was delicious, I also ate the gack, which was not delicious. <laughs> and I almost threw up. Which was, which was toxic. And I had to Gak go to the label that said do not eat. No, 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 no. This is, they brought me on stage. I was special. More special. I have a story from my youth. <laughs> Wait, but Jamie, you were like fully slimed, dumb slime. I was slime fully upon. slimed. Uh, much. <laughs> this is in Florida at the studio? This is it, yeah. Much like Mr. Crabneck, I worked hard to be slimed. And by that, I mean my aunt who worked at the cable company got, <laughs> got me an in. <laughs> you were nepotism slime. I was nepotism slime. Do you guys remember when people who worked for the cable company had sway. Power. Oh, yeah. Real yeah. When you could world. get like a month of Disney Channel. My dad still has a jacket that says from the earth to the moon presented by HBO on it. <laughs> you had the ability to watch Clear and Present Danger three weeks before everybody else got to. It was not taped or anything, but it was at Nickelodeon Studios. There, and it was like on the tour, but like there were the people who like were just like walking through the tour and then there were the people who got selected to sit in a little kid tub and get totally slimed and mm. it uh, was very warm and very goopy and did not smell very good uh, and then I got to take a shower backstage. <laughs> you got to take uh, a shower at Nickelodeon <laughs> This is the beginning of a class action lawsuit. Yeah, this is, this is the beginning of our uh, podcast turning into a true crime podcast. Yeah, oh, and it wasn't even like, you know, like a like a locker room. It was like like a real bathroom shower i don't quite know like how it half, like a half bath with it a was shower. surrounded by mirrors it was really <laughs> weird and i'll always remember they didn't have my shampoo and again me not liking uh, gooey things i don't like things that aren't my shampoo so i was like just staring at the shampoo that they had provided and i'm like no it's gross just as gross and i was just like using water to get the I don't like gooey things. <laughs> the shampoo was just more slime. Yeah. <laughs> the shampoo's slime. The conditioner is gack. You turn the faucet. The shower head is also slime. Oh, hot, <laughs> and, hot and cold running slime at Nickelodeon Studios. Unfortunately, it was actually just squand. <laughs> I miss nonsense words. We need more nonsense words in life. Yeah, the, what was great about Meet the Hollowheads was it did bring me back. It's such a very dark, dark message, right? But it's it's fed through the hyper optimism or just at very least like materialist dissonance of like the late 80s, early 90s. Like that feeling of... Yeah, we all know it's bad, but like, get a fucking cowabunga, man! Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, I, yeah, it's it is weirdly a piece with Nickelodeon cartoons of yeah. that well, era, and that's why it's so great because this sort of at the same time that that sort of post Cronenberg like gross out where like okay we're we're allowed to get really grody now. You know the the sort of seal has been busted on the re on really putting goo in the movies, right? And at the same time, like like Peter Jackson's making essentially the same movie in New Zealand, right? Yeah, like yeah. all over the place, like people are like, all right, let's do hyper violence, but feed it through this like 
the plastic smile of like 80s early 90s media you know it, it was you know poking of course poking fun at the american family i feel like you know comparing it to married with children is not so insane <laughs> sure i just think that like uh on the, the the front of the tape, the tagline is, they make the married with children gang look sane. And then... <laughs> okay, yeah. And then on the back, sure. the, the enti- this is the entire plot synopsis. Meet the Hollowheads, a family who makes mari- the married with children clan look sane. Mom's a worse cook than Peg Bundy. <laughs> Dad makes Al look like a corporate head. <laughs> Daughter Cindy has Kelly looking like a virgin, and Billy makes Bud seem downright angelic. What? Wait, what? He, How? he name drops every character? <laughs> yeah. Every Inter- character. Steve, we need you to write the copy for the back of this VHS. Oh, but I was about to go home and catch the season finale of Married with Children. <laughs> Use it. VHS. <laughs> and then it says, meet the Hollowheads. They'll make your own family seem like the Brady Bunch. It's like, y'all, this is not- <gasps> Whoa, whoa, this whoa, is whoa, not- whoa. <laughs> At the very last moment, turned into other sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, while negging us. <laughs> I love a VHS that negs me. Ooh, I gotta watch this it. one. It doesn't want to. <laughs> to, to be honest, that is more in in line with the yeah. tone of the movie. Yeah. The negging is closer. Yeah. What was amazing was, actually, when you think about it, that whole synopsis only told us what the movie isn't. <laughs> not married with it children. only told us it is not married with children and not the brady bunch my chief critique of this movie is that it just didn't have enough story which yeah. is yeah. like yeah. a real is a real bummer because i liked this i didn't i i'm very far from the camp of dislike but i was like wow you did you did all of the really really heavy lifting of creating a really interesting, really dynamic world. You created interesting characters. You created your own fucking language. Like, the look is awesome. The tone is awesome. And then you kind of just went, uh, let's, I don't know, let's do some Firesign Theater skits around yeah. it. Like, and I was just like, uh, okay. Like, and, and there's there are things that I think really work about it, but there's also just, there's so much stuff in it that, that could have been chopped. It feels like a backdoor pilot yeah, to a television I was say, series. Yeah, 100%. Which, uh, yeah. yeah. Which maybe it was yeah. you know like who knows but i just didn't find it that funny like if there was not a lot of story in service of things that are legitimately really really acerbic and really really funny then i would also be on board but th- but there were a lot of a lot of the jokes and a lot of the set pieces i was like yeah this is interesting it just doesn't really it doesn't pay off in a huge way to me yeah i say to all of that to quote the movie I fucking Greg I am so far from camp dislike I am fucking literally pitching a tent in (laughs) Lake wanna love this movie look by minute 45 you're like there's not a story to it you're not you're sort of just watching the day here in wherever we are and most of that with the exception of the fact that all household appliances are either alive needing to be jerked off or both (laughs) the day is pretty fucking normal but you do have to remind yourself where the fuck are we why are we telling this like just day in the life you're in i mean 
Hollow Earth, right? That's what we're talking about here. Yeah, we're life talking- on the or, edge. Or post-apocalypse, because they hint at the backstory of, like, well, like Henry, when we were young, we had to fight for food. <laughs> like, what the hell? Give me more! Yeah. I, I wonder if it would have been better if it had been not billed as, like, well, this is a failed pilot from 1989. Then I actually, I, I wonder if that would have made it swallow a little bit more for what, the people wait, in this room. Wait. I didn't love it. What aspect... Uh, <laughs> I loved this movie, but wouldn't watch any more of it. What part <laughs> what? of this movie no! made you think, like, oh, you know what would be great? Eight more seasons of them glooping out stuff and clip clopping up little bugs. Like that's Casey, what you what? liked about no, that. Casey, like that was. What made you think you wouldn't want that? This, this is everything I want because I it's still so wouldn't perfect. Watch it. it's... I'm just saying I would understand. Like because yeah, then we get Ren and Stimpy and Ah Real Monsters years later, and we have Pee Wee's Playhouse before this. Like it makes sense that you would create something where the world is so rich but the story is so light and then you p- continue to populate it with just light stories filling that out guys if we have learned nothing on this podcast and we haven't <laughs> and god damn it we haven't but it is the le- le- lesson of diminishing returns does <laughs> did watching robocop 3 do nothing for you people did you, you sometimes uh, it's it's right to end a work of art. I will you remind know. you, I loved RoboCop 3. You finish the Sistine Chapel roof and you don't go, you want me to hit the walls? No, you, you finish. <laughs> you, 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 you finish the piece. The piece is good because it is complete, right? And Meet the Hollowheads is a complete art form. It is to say that this movie is directed by a makeup artist. Oh, make yeah. Checks out. Yeah, sure. That makes perfect sense. And I think a big thing on my end is this does worse what The Forbidden Zone does. And so, to me, it's a movie that, while I appreciate it, while I love that it exists, it, 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 like, there is a, a more perfect example of what this is kind of trying to do that I just also like more. And so I have never get... seen Forbidden Zone. Oh, the Zone. Forbidden Zone is fucking wild. I mean, it's the Elfman's making an Elfman movie for five years. And what? then it, you know, and then it's offensive <laughs> and it's weird. But, but Craig, does the Forbidden Zone begin with an original rap? Oh! Once upon a time in a different place Lived some runners in the human race They weren't quite the same as you and me The family fell out of a different tree More movies need to start with original rap songs 80s hip-hop was rough, guys yeah. <laughs> no, But very informative <laughs> Because you what get to know the, everyone What the lyrics? I can't even remember uh, I mean, it was laying out the plot <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, oh, yes, dramatic just, reading, okay, please okay, Great The Video High Theatre Department will now present to you the Meet the Hollowheads rap. Henry Hollowhead is the daddy dude. (laughs) Working all day just to pump home the food. (laughs) United Umbilical is where he works. The best meter reader this part of Earth. (laughs) Oh, we live on Earth. That's actually... Yes, this is Earth. We are are on the planet or in... The planet Earth. Miriam's the lady of his dreams. She cooks and so she's the domicile queen. She picks Henry up when his spirits get low. When things want to start, she's the one that says go. Now this is where I kind of started to lose it. I, 
Now, Bud is the rabid fruit of their loins. Rabid fruit of their <laughs> loins was what, what I heard. It could have been something else. What? I, but I, I heard no rabid way. fruit of their loins, which is maybe the least sexually charged line of dialogue <laughs> in the entire movie. Play some music to make some coin. His pet chicken Joker sings like a bird. Joker. Okay, that's where they name it. Or maybe Choker, because they do make a, because at one point, Juliette Lewis is like, or the mom is like, go tell him to choke it. And I thought because yeah. it was a chicken and ah. we're yeah. sort of playing in that sandbox with every line of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bud plays the strangest music you ever heard. <laughs> uh, now there's two more verses. How are we feeling? <laughs> yeah, keep, <laughs> keep going. Keep okay. it going. Keep going. Because this is a more important plot synopsis than we could ever give, honestly. <laughs> Cindy's the one just turned 14. Oh, right. <clears throat> Sexual. Mm-hmm. Got a woman's <laughs> opinion. In a girl's machine. (laughs) (laughs) No. I have many problems with this. (laughs) Frankly, grossest part of the movie. Yes. Oh, wait. I didn't write down the rest here. Anyway, uh, basically, it talks about (laughs) how much the the underage girl wants to fuck. All right. And then... Hollowhead last is Billy the boy. He's got a dog named Spike and a toy. Now, I didn't hear that part. It's a splatter game toy. I assumed it was going to be splatter game because they just about say it 17 times in the rest of the movie. (laughs) In fact, the one part they don't bring up is the Mr. Crabneck. I know. Well, because he's not in the family. This is the Meet the Hollowheads rap. He's a surprise. Uh, I guess this is the Meet the Hollowheads Speaking of surprise, though, what they don't bring up in the rap is that Billy is adopted or IVF. He's a tube (laughs) kid. He's a tube kid. I thought that meant he was born in... No, I guess that doesn't make sense. Hollowhead last is Billy the boy. He's got a dog named Spike and a splatter-soaked toy. He thinks on his feet and he keeps things cool. He may be young, but he's nobody's fool. Did they find him crawling around the tubes? Right. Is he just uh, IVF? We don't know. Or is it just because he was born in the world of tubes? This right. Like, but he, but she, does, she does say he's not your son. Oh, I, yeah. I missed Mir- that. Miriam says, Hi, Dad. Well, now, there's my boy. He's not your boy. I mean, he's your little man now. I took that as... No, yeah, she's been fucking around. Like, <laughs> I think that they just went for as many fucking tube jokes as they could make. Just every anything that has anything to do with tubes, it's in the movie. I really thought they were in the inside Earth. Now, oh yeah, it could be. I guess tube well, kid the could ledge, be though, or the edge. So it's both hollow earth theory and flat earth theory together. <laughs> well, okay, this is, I mean, this is worth noting that the movie's original title is Life on the Edge, and I'm pretty sure through shooting it was Life on the Edge. So yeah. okay. meet the oh, hollow so heads. Was, I thought, I, ass, I don't know why, but I assumed it was the reverse, where it was like, Life on the Edge was like afterwards it was titled that, but it was the other way around. It was. I think it was the other way around, and I, and I would say that that's at least somewhat evidenced by the fact that, there, that the end of the movie is... Uh, oh yeah the life on the edge theme song yeah Yeah. no that checks out okay were they in the planet operating our pipes 
Was this a was this a sort of is it a reverse Jetsons? Yeah, like there because yeah, exactly Jetsons we find out there's like a civilization on the planet. Yeah, the, the way I took it is that this is after some great thing and yeah. similar to a boy and his dog, mm. people have had to go beneath the earth, and that's how we function. Be- because then there would be no reason for there to be. You know, a, a a middle class down there. You know, we we've we know very well how much uh, humans would just if we just needed people to work the pipes, as it were, we would just fucking coal mine them down there and just be like, well, I guess you, you that that's where you live now. Uh, yeah, but this is this is a late '80s critique. There, that's the that is what any sort of economic critique in the late '80s was all about. Entirely ignoring the sort of invisible labor class and talking about how hard it is to be a middle class person. So of course the sure. metaphor would be transported of like you know who's really forced to do all the work <laughs> middle <laughs> managers man I just think that Josh is right though that that they talk about how they used to have to fight for food and that like there's a discussion of the before time being this uh anarchy before united umbilical right before yeah. Wayland Tani Well this lore discussion is all well and good but it's also Irrelevant to the plot of the movie, which is just simply the story of man brings boss home to dinner. Yeah, it's like a screwball comedy. It's like yeah. a, it's a Billy Wilder movie trapped in a Billy West cartoon. <laughs> Billy, my tubes are stopped up again, so I want you to take this list to Station Master Babalax and either get them to unblock those lines or fill this list from what they've got on hand. Right. Billy, the kid who's Matt Shankman, the director of WandaVision, weirdly <laughs> enough. This cast is, is littered with surprises. It's yeah, crazy. Right? It's a real who's uh, who. The dad, Henry, is John Glover. Juliet Lewis is his little sister, or is his big Cindy. sister, Cindy. This is Anne Ramsey's last role. <laughs> and top drone is her husband, Logan Ramsey. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. Family affair. Bud and Billy were actually brothers in real life. Wait, sorry, correction, Casey. Bud and Cindy, Juliette Lewis and Lightfield Lewis. Oh, right. I remembered there were siblings. Juliette Lewis, it's so funny. She sort of became famous by being like an it girl who was in all these movies where it seemed to be a critique on like male gaze being put Mm -hmm. on like a young ingenue and then that young ingenue lashing out. But there's a moment where it's like, well, are we just male gazing at this young? Are we just, even when it's 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 done for critique? Like this movie, especially, there were points where it's like during all the like tight lycrum fashion, like dancing in front of a Ugh. mirror that Juliette Lewis is doing. I'm like, how Multiple old times. is she really? You mean the how? montage that no, and the answer is, is in, like 15. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You mean nutty. the montage that is interrupted and then goes back to the montage about five different times, and they always restart the song. <laughs> Learning that. Bud was played by Juliet Lewis's brother is even crazier because that scene when they like <laughs> sing together, my brain was going, she's 15, he's 35. What is happening? <laughs> he's got like John Tesh hair yeah. and she's a baby child. I feel good about myself. Yeah, so that's the song that they're singing, right? Because that's also, yeah. they, they play the pop version of the song when they're doing the creepy montage on... Cindy later. 
What are you doing? It, music kind licensing? Of What's method. going on here? But it is also a mixed message because the whole song is I feel good about myself. I wouldn't want to be anyone else while it's just to post with Cindy, just like trying on every outfit imaginable <laughs> and so putting weird. on a softening gel. gel. Softening jelly? Jelly. Yes, yeah, softening jelly to be hot at age 14. Yeah. Softening jelly and butt polish, the two things this movie has for her. I'm sure your father is going to want you here for dinner. Come on, Mom. It's just a black guy. Not even a really black, black guy. You don't need to use that. The fucking black eye machine was very oh, funny to me. One, because what other purpose does this huge part of your very small kitchen have. Alton Brown would hate it because it's just such a unitized. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever they are in the world of no light, you're fucking walking into stuff a lot. I'm sure the, the black eye machine's probably often useful. <laughs> but I, I just I was transported back to I don't know about any of y'all. My mom had a Floby. That shit was not so <laughs> dystopianly different. Like, it really was just... What, what, is, what is a phobia? All right, so get oh this, Oh, my Greg. God, Greg. Greg. You're a guy with a lot of hair, right? I've, I've been known to have a lot of hair. Even a hair aficionado like you has to understand that you can't keep all of your hair. <laughs> we, I have limited closet space. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes, Greg, you need to get rid of your hair in, in a hurry. You need to slice some of that off, get about your business. And, and eating it just doesn't make any sense. It just enough. doesn't make any sense to eat all your hair, right? But you gotta get, you gotta pick it up. You, get, you can't just leave it lying around the house, right? So the Floby fi- fixed the problem of when you're cutting your hair, you don't have to sweep or vacuum it up in like a second step. Why not just use a vacuum to suck the hair out of your children's head? Oh, this is the suck cut. Yeah, the suck yeah, cut. This is the suck cut from Wayne's World. I did not know that was based on Yeah, that on was based that on reality. reality. <laughs> it was a machine. I thought that was a I thought that was a a, a genius uh, <laughs> Mike Myers Dana Carvey sketch. No, no, no. Truth is stranger than Yeah, fiction. that was very much based on reality. Yeah, my mom had a Floby. Guess what, folks? It just yanked the hair out of your head. (laughs) (laughs) It was enough to make me like a little chauvinist, like a little misogynist. Mom's giving me a haircut and like trying to like multitask on my head. It's like at the time I was like, lady, you work here. Like fucking (laughs) fucking sweep it up after. (laughs) What do you got to do? You got nowhere to go. It's the perfect example of trying to simplify something to, just to make it more exactly. complicated. Exactly, and, and I to, it, it emotionally connected me with the movie because I, w- I was like, yes, I lived exactly what they're making fun of. Well, according to the testimonials, Julie said, I've ha- I've been using your Flowbee since 1993. I am currently on my second Flowbee. I hope you will still be around when I need my third Still Flo-bee. be around? <laughs> third Flowbee? <laughs> Wait. When did the first one break, I wonder? Sometime between 1993 and now. Oh, that was one they pulled out of the box. Come on, Floby. <laughs> it was a hated member of my household. Now, did it try to fuck you is the big question. <laughs> How many penises did you put into or take out of it? Yeah. I would never. I Maybe that was why. Like, like that whole sitcom joke premise of like you know horny teenagers fucking a vacuum cleaner and whatnot never got that because of the flow like Floby turned me off of that <laughs> whole premise that was like my summer on snopes.com no further no further explanation <laughs> 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 
Now, what do we think, gents? Gents, what do we think? <laughs> Jamie Summer. I married to her. That just raises infinite questions. was like. Do you think she was myth busting? Jamie was hitting the Snopes. Was Jamie, did Jamie spend a, a summer myth busting? <laughs> I know for a fact she did, actually. <laughs> that wasn't so bad, was it? I guess you boys have earned two of my specials. Great. Good. Two specials. Yeah. Right. Coming right up. The, the food that is just specials, which is two frogs diced and rolled in like a puff pastry. Uh, Interesting. I think, I think puff pastry is an overstatement. That it, it's, <laughs> it's styrofoam. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Bit of yoga mat. <laughs> it's like the Simpsons bit about like uh, these gym mats are really low on meat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you say. I could taste the newspaper. <laughs> I don't know what all the images of 50s food are Cronenberg movies to me to begin with. Yeah. And this is like, what if it was just take that and go to the nth degree? Yeah. Good Lord. The language of this movie is absolutely bananas. Doors are called orifices. Mm. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> what are y'all cranium bugs? This is the whole movie. This is what the movie's doing. It's all bodily. I don't really know why, <laughs> but I love that this movie decided to make every aspect of like Norman Rockwell, like Brady Bunch, suburban living image creepy and sexual and like and uh you needed to I, jiggle I everything it's because <laughs> because it's not because the norman walkwell 1950s like stylization is so the opposite so end asexual, of the spectrum so not gross. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so completely lacking in that disgustingness that then of course like a makeup artist would come in and be like i want to make it gooey and weird and gross and, like bring out all of the ickiness that isn't in the Norman Rockwell painting. Yeah. Because, like, there's... The home is bananas. There's tentacles in the wall. It's a penis. Y- yes. Yeah, it's it's, a, yeah, there are so many. There are so a many. A lot of cocks. They're, like, in a hell where everything around them is alive, wants to be, like, tickled, uh, spanked, and blown on <laughs> until you eat it. Like, it's, like... It's crazy. It's a crazy world. I fucking... Got down. I really liked it. And here's the thing. I also really liked it. I just wish we had a little less of it in favor of something else. But I wish we had a story. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> You're a story. <laughs> or fucking less, less, God, less goddamn Juliet Lewis dancing in <laughs> outfits. Yeah. We, so don't, much. We, we, just, we just don't need it. Well, how am I supposed to glip the glop out of my pipe slong, you, you, <laughs> you frick bird? <laughs> Yeah, I did. You're on a watch list now. You're on a watch list now, Casey. She's like, she's just reading an Anthony Burgess novel at us. She's like in her 50s now. I'm not allowed to put on the good ship lollipop and talk about (laughs) (laughs) Let the court document show you are allowed to do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Related question. The living paintings in the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> oh, I don't like where this is going. Could you hook up with them? Uh, no, because you can't go through You can't them. go into it. And if There's so, no 3D. do you have to go by the age of the painting or the age of the subject? <laughs> age of... Th- Veto. <laughs> what? I veto yeah. this. What? First line of questioning. I'm pulling the ripcord. 
This is like weird things like when vampires are stuck as 15-year-olds and yes, they're like immortal beings, but like... Smooth move. You got a new splat spray game. Come on, help me. Splat spray yeah. is the the game is the alternate boy toy like you know how there was the Easy Bake Oven and then mm. you came out with that weird like creepy crawly oven thing like yep. the, the splat spray thing. feels like the response to some other like girls toy from the 1990s and it's like does it matter that this doesn't have a plot it's like <laughs> no just make messes yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly it's the same sort of entrapment they pulled on all of us 90s kids. They would have yep. the gall to run these go outside PSAs in between like commercials of like <laughs> Gloppo the Destroyer, plug it in and, and make a fucking mess all day. Here's a video game system that looks better than you've dreamed. It's the Hot Wheels junkyard toy. <laughs> That's right. Take the car toys that you have spent money on and destroy, destroy them. them. So you have to buy more. <laughs> Here's 400 trading cards. Get them all. Or you <laughs> get, get every last one. Also drink milk. Drink all Oh my all God. Are you trying to explain the 90s youth to anyone of today you kind of do just have to show them the hollow heads and be like it (laughs) it was this it was this girls had to feel hot at 14 the economy was good enough that guys could pursue their dreams of being in nirvana and they don't have to like learn math or science or anything like that (laughs) the middle class is the place to be and toy splatter it was a beautiful time i think and mom makes terrible food (laughs) and we gotta say it Rubber chickens, very funny. The funniest, maybe. (laughs) Always the funny. And living rubber chickens, even funnier. Even funnier. Bud Blaster is what his music, music, uh, wow, I was going to say music toy. Musical instrument. (laughs) Don't call it a toy. That's his livelihood. (laughs) Yeah, right. The Bud Blaster seemed to work by blowing air into the anus of his pet chicken. Correct. And forcing it to sing like a bird as the rap says one of my favorites the entire movie though is when they're trying to figure out what to do with the dead not dead uh mr crabneck when he's in the kitchen and they hear a knock at the door and it's the it's bobcat goldthwaite and the other guy who are the cops uh the chicken goes oh no (laughs) (laughs) that really tickled me i loved i wish that chicken had been giving commentary throughout the whole thing at that point i was like this chicken's alive Yeah, no, it was just, it spent all its time singing like a Wait, bird, wait, wait, Jamie, is... that was the thing that you were thinking in this moment? That chicken's alive? Everything in this thing is alive. <laughs> yeah, the fair, whole fair. fucking... The... Sentient. That chicken is yeah. sentient? If you can just open a door and a penis just jams out of the fucking uh, hole... You gotta tease it, the though. Chi- the, you gotta tease that. <laughs> the chicken going, oh no, it was like low on my list of really? That's what's happening yeah. right now? The final aspect to this household is the grandfather that they keep locked in a yeah. basement, chained to a chair, uh, and fed via a giant syringe once a day. Very interesting. But who seems both happy <laughs> to be there and in pain. And horny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Grandpa was a little creep. Yeah, that was really dark. And they, even though I can't say it wasn't presented as dark because they did keep him in the bat cave. So it was like literally (laughs) dark. Also a very 90s trope. They presented the siblings relationship as just being like 
a nonstop series of blackmail. I have siblings. Yeah. We fought sometimes. <laughs> I feel like compared to the movies and the TV, I did not blackmail my sister nearly enough <laughs> like, i maybe threatened not as much as 90s television would yeah i maybe threatened tattling okay, so you've got twice. plenty of time left well, i guess that's true uh call her up right now well now she's she's got a doctor i could report her to like i could really tattle on her i could really yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey, you've just been waiting high stakes snitching what do you want from me to keep from opening your big fat two pickles nowhere shut feed grandpa Jump off the edge! My next six turns! <sighs> Billy, please! No, that's the deal. No ifs, ands, or butt polish. It's set up constantly. The kids are always saying, like, I won't spill your secrets for X amount of turns feeding grandpa. So I was so I was so excited for grandpa to see grandpa when <laughs> like when boss showed up, I was like, ooh, I hope grandpa eats this guy. I don't know what grandpa <laughs> is. I thought grandpa was I thought grandpa was gonna be a monster. Yeah, some, some kind of tentacly elder eldritch beast or yeah, something. I thought or maybe just the fucking eyeball they keep in the Beauty and the Beast Rose uh, oh, that would have been a good payoff honestly if like so they go feed grandpa and they go around the corner and it's like them just feeding this eyeball I like that better Tripling, like fish flakes <laughs> into this eyeball container I, I don't mean to be so contentious to everyone I fucking loved cutting to that eyeball every time seemingly was in oh, every yeah. room could just be any scene that needed to <laughs> they cut to their little like flying spaghetti monster they had trapped yeah <laughs> but the grandpa when they finally presented it i mean it is an upsetting thing like they're they, they were like if we gotta hide grandpa or if they find out we have him they'll flush him off the edge uh, i guess the, yeah, yeah. Down yeah. In the i think this is tube. i think this is a logan's run yeah type like when you hit a certain age, you get tossed off the off the yeah, side. It, yeah, yeah, because you can't be you can't be a burden on society anymore. Well, look, I I appreciate that, but if any old person was a burden on society, this guy he stays stuck to a gamer chair, gets like force fed <laughs> truth serum from like a Marvin the Martian cartoon. And gropes his <laughs> granddaughter like gropes or is pleading for him her to stop choking. Please stop him feeding death. me. Yeah, <laughs> I got those vibes. I got yeah, I got that yeah. you are slowly putting a pillow over my not face even vibes. burden. You're right, sad. Like it was very dark. Yeah. The whole situation of the grandpa was very dark, but they didn't present it as the dark element of this. I guess they didn't really present anything as a dark element, no matter how no, upsetting it, it, it was. That's the secret of the movie. That's the sauce. Everything yeah. is dark but everything isn't it's yeah, all i mean technicolor e even the like you know assault by the boss like it, it's 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 depicted <laughs> as kind of like a natural course of things yeah. but like also the natural course of things is we can fight back and kind of kill him yeah. for doing yeah. this we, so, we like, can we can mutilate him yeah cut off two of his fingers permanently scar him and disfigure him and then keep him in the as basement. long as he's alive we're not in trouble though there was something yeah, great about seeing him like basically goosing the wife to the sound of like a one man band, like one of those like honk, pink, bonk, ding, dong, dong, dong. It's like putting hands inside of this woman. I I almost am at a loss of what to say about it because I just found, yeah, you're right. You know, it, would would it have been great to have the same situation but with like a plot that like uses these situations to propel a narrative forward? Sure. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it have been great if the movie was better? Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I love it for what it is. This movie was really just like 
a presentation of like disparate images, right? Like that's the the all the aspects are like here's here's something that looks very similar to normal suburban American life, and here's some darkness and wackadoo and like we're we're yeah it's the we'll make everything it's it's, it's like lookbook the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and and when maybe at the point when that presentation would have gotten old was when the like dinner happened started while i definitely noticed the lack of story it didn't it never like bucked me off i think the thing that i had a hard time with was there were all these moments where it felt like there were elements that were cut like scenes kind of had a bit of had a, 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 areas that felt unnatural in the uh pacing department that felt like there were things lost and i was like what was lost again in favor of fucking juliet lewis dancing for yeah, us yeah. it's hard not to like a movie where just like in the middle of the movie, Lee Ehrenberg just shows up to yell at us, yeah. and then Anne <laughs> Ramsey shows up to then again yell at mm-hmm. us, and then Bobcat Goldthwait shows oh. up, oh, to yell at well, us. Well, <laughs> no, love- no, wait a minute. On the scale of one to Bobcat Goldthwait, he did not yell at us. He was that was that sure, was, like, that, was a, that was a that was a muted a whisper. I'm it's such it. a fan of his, and I don't really know. He's credited in the credits as Jack Cheese. Really? He, really? Wait, really? Yeah. He probably was too big of a like he was probably union yeah, right? at this point. And this movie was was like a no budget. I mean, you have to give it to the movie in terms of like it it, it is ostensibly a movie shot in a room. Yeah. You know. <laughs> like there it's a small cast, it's it's a contained set. This must have been a, a a real low budget affair. And and that's where where I can be extremely forgiving about the lack of certain things, but I just would have liked a little bit more development just because like at the end of it, there wasn't a lot of actual development happening, but again, you, you got to hand it to a movie that feels like it was a movie made inside the black lodge. Yeah. <laughs> there are more satisfying ways to structure a movie, certainly, but the idea that sort of nothing develops, nothing develops, nothing develops 20 minute violent murder. That also <laughs> doesn't really develop anything from that they also just yeah. sort of brush past <laughs> yeah. is, so is satisfying it to me. Life on the edge. Ooh, where have I heard that? But that's good. That's good. <laughs> what is that? Fathers are the last people to recognize those special womanly feelings, particularly in such a beautiful, fine daughter. Well, one one thing that does need to be said, because this has been a running course of discourse, this is the horniest movie mm. we've watched. Well, this is the horniest dis- movie we've watched. I disagree. I don't. No, no, no. This is the horniest movie we've watched. <laughs> this it's- movie is, is, okay. This is the most bodily movie we've yes. watched. Okay, totally, but maybe totally. that's okay. not horny to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying sexiest. Okay, okay, okay. I'm saying okay. horny. No, but I, the movie, okay, I'll give you the movie, that. The, I'm like, the movie I'm like Greg, is... there is literally nothing sexual about this movie to me. Uh, I I'm trying to remember. No, 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 no. There's nothing sexy. There's sexy. everything sexual. sexual. Okay. This movie is only sexual there are pornos that have less innuendo going on than this movie yes but i feel ron like jeremy wishes I feel like yeah but everyone we're... in devil rider is fucking each other constantly and, and yet less bodily but i am just gonna push back on the, right. i feel like describing a movie or a thing or a person as horny implies a sort of like desirousness a desire within the thing and while julia lewis gets a lot of 
fucking in or a lot of implied fucking in she is 14 uh yeah exactly that i I didn't get the sense that like this movie wanted the sex so much as it was uh, yeah it's the gushiest movie definitely it is more fluid the word fluid is a very unsexy term is a very (laughs) again i think you guys are getting those two things Mm. confused though sexiness and what's horniness but what is horniness without yeah, yeah. What, what is horny without desire, without se- without the desire for sex, the like wa- the, the the necessity, the seemingly <laughs> the the animal necessity. Okay. This movie literally has mm. penises jamming out of tubes at a main our main female character. The the every doorway is called an orifice. People are, okay. like ev- it's the whole thing is is umbilical cords. Every time the boss lunges, we hear a, a lion like I forgot like, about yeah, that. that. That was a decision in post. <laughs> yeah, I'm not making a comment on this movie's effect on the audience. I'm making a comment on this movie's internal logic about what it's sweating for. It's sort of regardless of whether or not it is presented to the audience as in fact sexy, which very little of it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'm hearing I hear I'm hearing what you're saying. There's got to be a soggier word than horny for what this movie is. Because, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is Gwyneth Paltrow's. Uh, yeah, it is. Because uh, you're right. It is like it is just the bare, raw. Well, wondering is sweaty a better word for it? Oh, it's definitely oh, it's the sweatiest absolutely. Movie. <laughs> right? Like we can all agree it is the sweatiest movie. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's like a dog's boner. It's like yes, it is. Yeah. Com- you can't control, you can't control it. it. It's just it's there. Coming, You're upset. Yeah, it's coming out of a sexual, biological need as opposed to any sort of. Yeah, the dog doesn't have balls necessarily, but it still has red eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh god, that's why we have a, do- a female dog. Yep. Men are disgusting. <laughs> hey, that's a- currently yes, yes, absolutely. That's <laughs> that, that sort of messaging is more important now than ever. <laughs> a lot of dark elements presented as suburban bliss, which is the essence of sur- suburban dysfunction critique. This is rather than suburban. This is more subterranean. Ooh! <laughs> yes. uh, I want you to meet the uh, the uh, new head of United Umbilical, Martin Kravnik. Oh, I am so pleased to meet you, Mr. Kravnik. And permit me to say, my dear, that the pleasure is truly all mine. We have all this build up, but not really build up to the payoff of the boss comes over for dinner, who is insulted when Henry implies that he got this job through nepotism <laughs> when right. clearly this company is a family company that has just passed out from person to person to person. Uh, but he is like the definitive upper management asshole you can picture who then turns very lecherous on both Cindy and Henry's wife. For how awful a person Mr. Krabneck is, is how awful and amazing the mutilation and destruction Mm -hmm. of him is. And maybe what it really means is that, for me, he should have been introduced earlier. Mm -hmm. Like, that might have helped. 
script. If he was you in know. the first scene with Henry, that probably yeah. would have gone. I mean, or if I he mean, wasn't, yeah. I mean, it, it takes half the movie to get to yeah. him. That's true. And, yeah, well, you know. it's wasted opportunities in a lot of ways because we also have all this build up to this party that Cindy and Bud yeah. go to, and then we don't see the party. We don't see anyone in that, like, which from everything they're saying, sounds like it would have been a really cool scene so, to see because Bud they, gets wasted, Cindy does drugs. Yeah, they tap into uh, like a, a, uh, a restricted it, tube or something. Yeah. <laughs> Smoke. Polish their butts. Her fake date uh, almost overdoses on tube. And then you have uh, Mr. Crabneck, who like has more endings than Lord of the Rings. Like, <laughs> where like they think he ki- they kill him like f- literally four or five times. Like, okay, all right, at this point, pick a lane, please. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff with Mr. Crabneck about business structure. There's like a lot of jokes about like I love the the whole his whole bit about the dirty rationalists yeah like like there's like all this like red scare like nouveau red scare commie talk and especially for 1989 like pretty timely she was a rationalist and i mean a real card carrying member she as much as announced it right there in front of the entire upper management of united umbilical but i'm a company man and you know what kind of business this is miriam it's a cruel business. I love the discussion of Henry being like, you know, why am I not getting this promotion? I'm the best meter reader. And they're like, if you're the best, why would you ever get moved up? Oh, and there's, so I mean, it, it is a skewering of middle management. And, you know, at a time when this was the yuppie era. This is the, the era of middle management. There's some, like... Uh, you know, metatextual stuff in that. And then the movie just gets extremely obvious when, you know, Mr. Crabneck is just like, no means yes. Yeah. And, yeah. He's, and he's literally, and he, it's like, all right. straight up says, like, if you have sex with me, your husband will get a promotion. Is <laughs> literally, I think, almost word for word what he says. <laughs> what are you doing? Cap it before I stick you sideways through an eight inch. Yeah. Oh. Come on, Miriam. Let me have it. You want it, Marty? All right, you've got it. Oh. And then, like, total chaos erupts. I love that Miriam zaps Crabneck with the center hood from the kitchen. She, like, pulls it out of the ceiling and zaps him with it, and his whole face the boss zapper. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, the future is not induction cooking or anything. It's just electrocution cooking, It's it's bug light centered. It's all bug light cooking. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He gets stabbed in the throat, and he gets knocked out, but it's a fake out, and then he gets bullied, and then the the wall penis chokes him. Henry zaps his face to melty bits. Yeah, this is great. If you're listening to this and and any of the uh, uh, the myriad words that we're saying is of any interest, then watch the yeah, movie. Clearly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, that's what I. This could is say. not going to yeah. be an episode where you don't have to watch it. Honestly, like I don't think you're going to walk away <laughs> yeah. from this talk and feel like you understood that we even watched a movie. This is like us <laughs> trying to do a plot description of green eggs and ham, basically. <laughs> and like, we're just throwing out all of the, like, the gluble wobs and the zipply yeah, zops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a podcast dedicated to, like, an image search where yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, find the ruler and how many apples are on the tree. And we're like, well, it's crazy. There was a ruler and there was uh, nine <laughs> apples on the tree. <laughs> if I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm worried that we're going to walk away from this episode and be like we all 
have so many images in our heads from having watched it, but none of those images came out in our words. I feel like we just are operating under this shared imagery now that we've seen Meet the Hollowheads. And for anyone who hasn't seen Meet the Hollowheads, I think is just going to be listening to four people go, wow, that was crazy, huh? <laughs> for an, uh, for an hour <laughs> We've shared something. We, we have experienced something together. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe the listener will get this out of it, that they'll know that they've listened to four people who have really been through the ringer together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've, we've been, been through, through the tubes. Yeah. You've been through the ringer, yeah, the flinger, the thing, thing, binger. The blinger, the dinger, and the scapolusher, the... Frickin' flobble. This is one of those movies where, for better or worse, maybe wasn't the best choice for uh, <laughs> uh, an audio podcast. Because yeah, you know what? That's a good point. Light on plot, high on visuals is almost exclusively made up of in jokes and slang words that it that it again like an Anthony Burgess novel you have to just kind of experience them to make heads or tails yeah. of it and it's not good bad and it's not bad bad and it is good good but it's not uh, describably yeah. good good Do you know what I'm you know what I'm I'm grateful for meet the hollowheads for I've always had I feel like there's one sort of go-to joke I always pull whenever I'm watching a movie, right? And it's like, when something happens twice, I go, oh my God, if this just keeps happening for the rest of the movie, I, this will be the funniest movie ever, right? And at the point when <laughs> they like burned Mr. Crabneck's back, they've uh, stabbed him in the neck, they've burned his face with a smaller electric oven fryer thing, He's been strangled <laughs> by the wall penis, as if to highlight my worry exactly. We've just said wall penis this whole time, and while it There's is... There's nothing else but to it, describe. It's, uh, it's sort of an earthworm. I mean, it's a, it's a dick, but it's like an earthworm that <laughs> gives the family part of itself to eat. I don't know if it gives yeah, it. Yeah, I don't is, know if it, it is. It I think it's imp- I think it's uh, very much a Prometheus. The eagle chews the liver out of it every day, and then it regrows it. I take it as as the world outside of their house is alive and trying <laughs> yeah, yeah. to break in. Ooh, that's a different... I like that interpretation. Okay. I thought about it almost like a plant, but meaty. Ugh. Oh. Ugh. That's what I love about this movie. It's all in your head. The edible wall worm dick that they have in their home <laughs> is mom like tickled her fingers to get the worm to come out at first, sliced half of it off, to, as as it came out, but when it we don't know that's ca- half. Yeah, you know what? You're <laughs> fucking right. That could be. We don't know how big this wall worm is, right? But she sliced some yep. of it off to to make for dinner that night. But the wall worm did like, you know, even though she teased it out, it like touched her on the face and whatnot. The wall worm did not react to her with immediate violence, like the wall worm acted towards Mister Crabneck. The wall worm seemed to be. Mm. On the side of the family in the fight against Mr. <laughs> Krabnik. It could also just be simply male versus female. It is Ooh. a wall penis. It touches <laughs> it touches female flesh and is subservient. It uh, touches male flesh and wants to kill it. There's nothing more man Greg, than that. Pride Month isn't even over yet, and you're going to say that all wall dicks <laughs> are no- the normal wall dick is attracted to female flesh? <laughs> Nice, Greg. <laughs> he gets knocked out after the next stab, and they go, is he all right? Billy goes, I'll check. Checks his pulse. He goes, "He uh, he's dead. And then he pops up and attacks again, 
And then he gets knocked out again, and I went, as I want to do, oh, this would be so funny if this just kept happening. And it did. <laughs> and it, it did. Does. The rest of the movie was just them having to deal with the, the attacking crab neck who kept getting up. And which, kept getting which more I did more love. Yeah. This was the part of the movie that I really, really dug. Like, and again, fig- another one of those moments where if that had happened halfway through the movie mm. and we had 45 minutes oh. of, yeah. of that, oh. I think I, 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 it would have been hard for me to, to take my wall dick out yeah. of this movie. <sighs> that's why. <laughs> that's why, because if this was, uh, if we were to take the tape sleeve at its word... If this was like a married with children inspired thing, or if this was just, I mean, clearly this was inspired by the American sitcom, but it sort of fails at the writing style of an American sitcom because it does it it doesn't continually present obstacles until later. You're right that the tighter movie of this would be, you know, there'd be more steamed hams in this, you know? There'd be more just like <laughs> the boss is there and there's hijinks going on around him to distract yeah. from so that the boss can't see it or to make the night go or to No, in this case the hijinks distract from the boss trying to molest his family basically. This is going way too deep, but that sort of power structure of the sitcom holds as implicit that the uh, uh, that the boss has power. I mean, it's the boss, right? So, like, you need to put introduce chaos into your life to please the boss, right? And the boss is like, oh, I'm here to judge, or goes like, at the end goes, oh, I like the cut of your jib. I like that you endangered your family and lied to me all. That's exactly what I need at my organization, right? Uh, whereas this presents that power dynamic as being like, no, they are the destruction. They are the chaos. That power dynamic is an attack. And I love that they, it was so satisfying to see them kill the shit out of him for like half of the movie. <laughs> All due respect to the, the, the goop intolerant like Jamie, but like there is something like really refreshing <laughs> to see cinema utilized to be yucky. Say, whose turn is it to feed grandpa? Uh, We're all together, and we're a family, so let's all feed Grandpa together, huh? Let me tell you a story about Video High. It's one cool girl and three cool guys. They get together and they talk (laughs) movies. Sometimes they, uh, those movies, they get gooey. Gooey movies, that's what we're about. They're the kind of goops that make us scream and shout. Before our bugbearing pipes get too dang hard, we're gonna let Jamie tell you about the rip-off report card. <laughs> Fart. Poop. Poop sounds. Poop. The Meet the Hollowheads rip-off report card is brought to you by Butt Polish. That's it. <laughs> That's the joke. I tried to make a handful of fake product jokes, but honestly, nothing is funnier than the phrase nope. butt polish. <laughs> Remember, kids, just say no to butt polish. <laughs> now, this is the story all about how a genre of music got taken down a peg because of white fright and bullshit like that. So here's the wild story of movie soundtrack raps. <laughs> That's <it. laughs> Although rap music can technically be traced back to West Africa, where local historians told rhythmic stories of their past to villagers over the simple beat of drums, DJ Cool Herc in the Bronx is wildly credited with kicking off the modern iteration of the genre in the 1970s. 
He used his two record turntables to create loops from disco, soul, and funk samples. Keeping crowds amped with those prolonged musical beats, he then invited his friend Coke LaRock to help host these parties, and Rap Over the Loop was born. The rest, as they say, is history. From East Coast to West Coast, rap and hip-hop was an unstoppable genre that gave voices to black artists and was as much a cultural movement as it was a musical one. So, of course, white people were scared of it, and capitalism (laughs) had to get its hands on it. Since rap made parents uncomfortable, they just don't understand, am I right? Advertisers (laughs) began using it to defame it, turning it into a punchline in commercials to sell Fruity Pebbles and The Legend of Zelda. I'm the master rapper, and I'm here to say I love Fruity Pebbles in a major way, says an animated Barney in one such commercial. (laughs) Enter... Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff, (laughs) producing a series of tracks with a specific kids demographic, including the aforementioned Parents Just Don't Understand, Smith rose in popularity all the way to his network show, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. This was a big moment. In giving legitimacy to rap-adjacent programming, The Fresh Prince was sending the message that television could no longer treat hip-hop culture as the butt of jokes. But NBC was still nervous about this first foray. They tried to walk a fine line, describing the show's goal as finding a tone that preserves the grittiness of hip-hop without alienating a mass audience expecting laughs and reassuring that it was non-threatening, quote-unquote. Concurrent with this, we see the similar non-threatening utilization of rap and hip-hop in a particularly unique era of movie soundtrack raps. 1988's A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, (laughs) featured the single Are You Ready for Freddy by the Fat Boys and set the standard for which the end credits raps on, a rap that summarizes or comments on the plot of the movie you just watched, a movie that probably otherwise has little or nothing to do with rap. (laughs) Following that, we had MC Hammer's Adam's Groove from the Adam's Family. Tag Team's Adam's Family parentheses Womp from Adam's Family Values. Vanilla Ice's Ninja Rap, famously featured in the movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, Tone Lokes, Ace in the Hole from the Ace Ventura Pet Detective, and many, many more. Including, of course, our movie today, Meet the Hollowheads, which makes the baffling choice to have the wrap-up rap happen in the opening credits, introducing us to via rap to characters we have in no way met yet. I could find no record of who wrote or performed this rap, so I... <laughs> So I can only assume it was the composer, Glenn A. Jordan, who came from the music departments of Pee-wee's Playhouse and Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. In 1997, Will Smith returned to music after a long television-induced hiatus with a theme song to Men in Black. At this time, hip-hop had changed considerably, and Smith's attempts to slide back into the role he'd carved out in the late 90s, the rapper you can take home to your parents, felt out of step and rubbed many people the wrong way. But it didn't stop him from completely taking off again. Men in Black won the Grammy for Best Rap Song Performance in 1998, what? beating out the notorious B.I.G.'s Hypnotize, Missy Elliott's The Rain, Super Duper Fly, and Busta Rhymes' Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See. Smith took the reins of the wrap-up rap and ran with it, also releasing the themes to Wild Wild West and Men in Black's sequel, Black Suits Comin', parentheses, Nadia Head. 
<laughs> Just a couple years ago, in service to his role as the genie in Disney's live-action reboot of Aladdin, Smith wrapped a version of Friend Like Me over the credits. With so many of these examples to his name, it's no wonder Will Smith became synonymous with the concept of a wrap-up movie rap, despite arriving relatively late to the game for them. But there's no denying his affability inspired their inception, and he merely picked up the torch and carried them to their inevitable conclusion. Thankfully, the genre of the wrap-up rap has faded with time, but if you're ever jonesing for an end credits rap like in the days of old, look no further than the YouTube page for comedian Demi Ajidwebe, who has produced a handful of fake end credit songs, usually in the style of Will Smith, for such movies as Black <laughs> Panther, Moonlight, and Hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> and that has been the Hollowheads Ripoff Report Card. <laughs> uh, ha, ha, ha. Gave us the rip-off report. Now allow me to do a retort. This way to rap is actually the best. It's better rapping than all the rest. <laughs> Ha-ha, let me hear you. Put your hands in the air. <laughs> Wave them around, because I do care about the history of the music, Jamie. And, it's, you know, <laughs> trends come and go, but <laughs> inoffensive white guy rap will always stay, because many of us can't do any other type. <laughs> Rip off report card. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> All right. Uh, goop troop. That was the lesson for Meet the Hollowheads. What, dear classmates, might end up on the final test? Is this movie's severe and undeserving treatment of tube culture the reason why we did not? Put pneumatic tubes everywhere because the bank drive-throughs of the 90s led me to believe that <laughs> that would be the premier source of schlepping small items. <laughs> but alas, is it all Meet the Hollowheads' fault? Yep. Amen, brother. If you want me to finish this podcast, you have to feed Grandpa for the next four cycles. <laughs> Good shift, movie house. Good shift, Emporium. Good shift, you old wonderful building alone. Good shift, Video High. I forgot about Good Shift. <laughs> we didn't even mention it. We didn't even mention it. Uh, throw out your flobies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a final thought. That was it. Throw out your flobies. Thank you for joining the class and going down the tubes with us. Say a prayer before next class because we're watching 1992's most insane ass whooping priest serial killer what the fuckery, The Divine Enforcer. Video High would like to thank Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra and Gabriella Tessitore of Scout Harris for the theme song. Justin Ferraro of The Rizzos and Low Boy for our bed music. Austin Kopeck of Andy and the O'Neills and Austin Kopeck Music for that sweet, sweet lounge song at the beginning. And Cheer for our amazing logo. And from the entire Video High class, Casey Regan, Jamie Kennedy, Josh Roth, and myself, Greg Hansen, we hope that you don't take a summer vacation from us. This is like, in some small way, every Billy Wilder movie. Yeah. It has a shocking amount of the apartment in it, yeah. <laughs> but I will say it is wilder than a Billy Wilder movie. Hey! In your ear. Podcast Network.